You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of December 10th, 2017. The podcast that's a young man, hard man shouting in the streets. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's decontemporize the news of the bogus. Ahmed Salem al-Jaber was an imam who opposed al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups in Yemen. His son was a traffic cop. Both were killed by a U.S. drone strike in 2012 at the behest of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. But what's even worse than that is what the American justice system just did to them. Salem's brother-in-law, Faisal bin Aljaber, just wants one thing from the U.S. government. An apology. He wants Washington to admit to horrible mistakes they make in slaughtering innocents, instead of just declaring them enemy killed in action as we've reported here before. He won't get it. Despite getting an audience at the White House, nothing came of it. So he sued in federal court. He agreed to drop the suit if he received, quote, an apology and an explanation as to why a strike that killed two innocent civilians was authorized. The Justice Department refused to do so. Things haven't improved under Trump. If anything, they've gotten worse. Airstrikes are way up, and since Trump and Saudi Arabia are both hostile to Iran, Saudi Arabia continues to commit some of the most heinous humanitarian crimes the world has ever seen, with the violence in Yemen just being one part of it. So in June, one federal judge who felt she didn't have the legal authority to rule in favor of Jaber wrote, Congressional oversight is a joke, and a bad one at that. Our democracy is broken. We must, however, hope that it is not incurably so. The government kept using its usual excuses. National security, foreign policy necessity, the inevitability of civilian casualties. But the Jabers had always done what the U.S. government always claimed they wanted people in the Middle East to do. Use their religious authority to oppose Al-Qaeda. Faisal's requests have fallen on deaf ears, his appeals to the court opposed. And now, it will never happen. The Supreme Court has said they will not be hearing Jaber's appeal. Here's my question to libertarians who broke from supporting Gary Johnson in order to support Trump. Is this what you had in mind? Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Do you have children? Or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling? Or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins, and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary-aged children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. 
You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. It should come as no surprise that statists who want the government to use violence on their behalf might well resort to violence themselves. Case in point, Patrick D'Angelo of Syracuse, New York, who was arrested for threatening Congressman John Katko and his family because he opposes net neutrality legislation. Angelo left a lengthy voicemail in which he said, quote, If you don't support net neutrality, I will find you and your family, and I will kill you all. Do you understand? I will literally find all of you and your progeny and just wipe you from the face of the earth. Net neutrality is more important than the defense of the United States. Net neutrality is more important than free speech. Net neutrality is more important than health care. Net neutrality is literally the basis of the new society. That even if you don't understand how important it is, net neutrality is literally the basis of the new free society. Yeah, a new free society without free speech, apparently. The personal information of politicians is publicly available, so this threat is to some degree credible. I've said before that I agree with the goal of net neutrality, but that's not what the legislation is. It's regulating the Internet under Title II, which for the most part will do the opposite of what people want. It is the title, after all, that allowed the FCC to declare AT&T a monopoly in the 1930s. Regulation isn't even being ended. They're just moving it from Title II to Title I. But like I said in a recent Hangout, take any goal, no matter how lofty, and put it in the mind of a fanatic, and this is what you get. No matter how right you think you are, if you advocate the use of force to implement it, you're lost. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home. And don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Speaking of net neutrality, isn't it horrible that Trump is going to end it in America while it still exists absolutely everywhere else in the world? Uh, wrong. And it's amazing how selective it all gets when it comes to things that politicians don't like. If the concept of net neutrality demands anything, it's the idea of safe harbor. In other words, the idea that ISPs and providers and websites cannot be held responsible for the actions of their customers and users. We've seen in Europe and Canada how that's being eroded with so-called hate speech laws in the U.S. and Europe with proposed regulations against so-called fake news, meaning anything the people in power don't like. And we've seen it everywhere with the issue of copyrights. 
like in Australia, which actually has some good things about its copyright laws, like very clear protections of fair use. They were considering extending Copyright Safe Harbor, which currently only covers ISPs, to search engines like Google and social media like Facebook. Except after consultation with the entertainment industries, which sounds a lot to me like lobbying and bribing, they've shelved the proposal. Communications Minister Mitch Fifield said, quote, The measures in the bill will ensure these sectors are protected from legal liability where they can demonstrate that they have taken responsible steps to deal with copyright infringement by users of their online platforms. Not bad, but they shouldn't even have to do that much. The only thing they should be required to do is comply with any legal court orders they receive. He continued, quote, Extending the safe harbor scheme in this way will provide greater certainty to institutions in these sectors and enhance their ability to provide more innovative and creative services for all Australians. And he's absolutely right, and it's unconscionable that they aren't going to do it now. Folks, I have to say it again. This is not about copyright infringement. This has never been about copyright infringement. This is about stopping ordinary people like you and me from competing with them. They want to require platforms like Facebook and YouTube to obtain licenses from the big content companies, and they want to make it more difficult for people to find the content via search engines, which is the main way that users find content these days. That not only makes it difficult for independent producers, but also for startup competitors like Vidme, may they rest in peace. If you're bleeding on about net neutrality, but have absolutely no problem with this, you seriously need to re-examine your priorities. And if you do have a problem with this, ask yourself why other people aren't raising the same stink about this as they are about net neutrality. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to type in a cheat code for this week's Biggest Bogani Emitter. And this week it goes to Epic Games, who probably don't deserve it alone, but what they did was especially egregious. Years ago, Blizzard Entertainment twisted copyright laws to an extreme so they could go against people who make video game cheats. The idea is, since it violated the EULA, that's the End User License Agreement, it was a copyright violation because the user continued to play a game that was only licensed to them, and they had violated the terms of the license, so they no longer had permission to play the game and were thus violating copyright. 
they've been joined by other companies such as Riot Games. But what Epic did went way beyond this. They went against someone who didn't make a cheat, merely used it, and the person they went against is just 14 years old. Now, here's the thing. A minor cannot enter into a legal contract. EULAs are iffy enough under contract law as they are. There is no way it applies here. To contract with a minor, you have to contract with the minor's parent or legal guardian. But it wasn't the guardian who clicked through the EULA, so really, there is no contract here. Making it even weirder is the fact that the game in question was free. His awesome mom wrote, Please note parental consent was not issued to my son to play this free game produced by Epic Games Incorporated. Touching on the subject of the game being free, Epic is claiming profit loss. This is feasibly impossible. It is my belief that due to their lack of ability to curb cheat codes and others from modifying their game, they are using a 14-year-old child as a scapegoat to make an example of him. Furthermore, Epic has released the defendant's name publicly. Referencing State of Delaware House Bill Number 64, it is illegal to release underage individuals' personal information by any agencies. Epic is in complete violation of this, as well as other individual websites and news reporting agencies. In addition, Epic is requesting any financial gain that the defendant obtained. My son had no income from live streaming him playing the game. But Epic has put themselves in an odd situation, because if they drop their case against the 14-year-old, they're basically admitting that what was going on was not copyright infringement, because there's really no way it could be. So they're trying to claim, quote, By submitting the letter to the court containing defendant's name and address, which they were required to do under the DMCA, remember, defendant's mother waived this protection. Yeah, like that'll fly. So all of that makes Epic Games this week's Biggest Bogani Emitter. If you're going to shop online, use our special links to shop at Amazon. Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.Bogosity.tv, and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. If you haven't used the mobile app in the last 12 months, or even at all, go to Get5.Bogosity.tv on your phone or tablet and get $5 off your order of $10 or more. Go to Prime.Bogosity.tv for a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes, borrowed Kindle books, and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. And speaking of Kindle, go to Kindle.Bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited, read over one million books, and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. You can go to music.bogosity.tv and get a free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited with access to Amazon's entire library of 10 million songs, ad-free and with unlimited skips, and even download to listen offline. All great ways to help this podcast simply by shopping at Amazon. And now let's use 12345 to unlock the luggage of this week's and this week it goes to a lot of UK politicians who apparently haven't grokked these password things. Keep that in mind next time they say they want a backdoor into your encryption. It should come as no surprise that politicians are going to be prime targets for hackers, both political activists and in enemy nation states. The Hillary emails that cause so much controversy are just one example among many, and not even the worse. It is vital that politicians and bureaucrats keep their official communications secure. 
In the UK, it's a real challenge because you have to keep 650 MPs, 800 lords, and around 200 staffers secure from almost daily attacks. So it's not insignificant that MPs like Nadine Dorries just don't get this. In her defense of a conservative secretary who was caught downloading porn to his computer, she wrote, For the officer on BBC News just now to claim that the computer on Green's desk was accessed and therefore it was Green is utterly preposterous. Well, if a logged-in user isn't proof that it's him, then maybe you should stop using IP addresses as proof of identity for the rest of us, you think? But as if it weren't bad enough that she thought that it was fine that other people had access to Green's email and desktop passwords, BBC reporter James Clayton tweeted, It is extremely common for MPs to share their parliamentary login details with their staff. Seems slightly unfair to vilify Nadine Dorries for what is common practice. And MP Nick Bowles responded, quote, I certainly do. In fact, I often forget my password and have to ask my staff what it is. Wow, that makes me feel so good about this. And then Dorries came back with another tweet. I'm a backbench MP, two Westminster-based computers in a shared office. On my computer, there's a shared email account. That's it. Nothing else. Sorry to disappoint. Oh, well, that's all right then. Nothing to worry about. So the Information Commissioner's Office had to chime in and remind them, quote, We would remind MPs and others of their obligations under the Data Protection Act to keep personal data secure. Specifically, they're talking about Section 272, which reads, Keep personal information secure and introduce office practices to ensure that security measures are followed. Take particular care when sharing information or sending it off-site. Their emails should not be vulnerable to cyber attack. Moreover, they should not be able to worm out of scandals by saying, Oh, it looks like someone else logged in as me. Use a password manager. Turn on two-factor authentication. Have IT give read access to staffers who need it. And have multiple passwords for a machine and keep a log of who logs in when. This is not rocket science. All they've done is let the world know how incompetent they are and how they can't be trusted with cyber legislation. So all of that makes these British politicians this week's Idiot Well, that wraps up this If Two Grown Men Can't Make a Pervert Happy for a Few Minutes in Order to Watch a Film About Zombies, Then Maybe We Should All Just Move to Iran, edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate using the links on the website or the QR codes in the thumbnail, or become a patron at patreon.bogosity.tv and get the podcast and YouTube videos early and without ads or promos. Thank you for listening. This is the last regular podcast for 2017. We'll see you at the start of 2018 for our year in review and a whole new year of podcasts. Until then, here's a quote from H.L. Mencken. The strange American ardor for passing laws, the insane belief in regulation and punishment, plays into the hands of the reformers, most of them quacks themselves. Their efforts, even when honest, seldom accomplish any appreciable good. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity.
Christmas time is coming, and the most classic of Christmas stories is A Christmas Carol. But how much do you know about the original Charles Dickens novella? Have you dismissed it as a children's book with one-dimensional characters amounting to nothing but platitudes and cliches? Maybe your appreciation of the book was even muted by those dry, boring, annotated books they made you read in school. My book, the sarcastically annotated A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, uses both facts and humor to present the book in a way you probably haven't seen it before. Giving praise when deserved and beratement when warranted, this book is put in the perspective of its time and shows a dimensional, multi-layered Ebenezer Scrooge from start to finish. Skepticism, history, and even economics are employed to show the book in relation to today in an easily accessible format. Appreciate the Christmas of your youth all over again. Get the sarcastically annotated A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, available at Amazon and on PDF as well.